بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعده my brothers and sisters Allah سبحانه وتعالى mentioned in Surah Al-Imran where he said لقد من الله على المؤمنين إذ بعث فيهم رسولا من أنفسهم يتلو عليهم آياته ويزكيهم ويعلمهم الكتاب والحكمة وإن كانوا من قبل لفي ضلال مبين Allah سبحانه وتعالى said which means that truly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed, has sent a blessing on the mu'mineen, on the believers. Allah has blessed and sent a blessing on the believers by raising from among themselves a messenger. Now, this is a double blessing because the raising of a messenger is in itself a great blessing. And Allah is saying that the double blessing is that this messenger is one of you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not send an angel. Allah didn't send another form of life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not send anyone foreign. He says he is one of you. So by raising a messenger from among the believers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored the believers. In two ways, by sending the messenger and because the messenger is from among them. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, He said four things. يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ And Allah said that Allah gave the messenger four jobs, four roles, four things to do. And these are not four individual things. These are related and these four are connected to one another and they must all be done in sequence for there to be benefit. So what are the four things? Yadlu alayhi mayatihi. So that he can recite to you what is revealed to him. Wa him. So he purifies you. Internal purification, taskiyatul nafs. Wa external purification, tarbiyatul akhlaq. يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابِ And he will teach you the book. وَالْحِكْمَةِ And he will teach you wisdom. وَإِن كَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلُوا لَفِي ضَلَالِ مُبِينَ Allah said, and before this, those believers or those people were truly misguided. Before what? Before the coming of the messenger Muhammad wasallam. Now if you reflect on these four things, Think about this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, recite for them the ayat, the revelation. Who is the revelation being recited to? The revelation is being recited not only to Arabs, but to people. Allah said, I send this kitab in their language. Now, one of the most important things to understand, which sometimes we forget, is the Qur'an al-Kareem came in the Arabic language. So anyone who wants to understand the Qur'an and he does not understand Arabic, truly understand, I'm not talking about, you know, understanding like we understand. That's, alhamdulillah, good. 
But if you truly want to understand the Quran al-Kareem, then you cannot possibly understand it until you understand the Arabic language, not even at the native speaker level, but at the level the Sahaba understood it, the level the companions of Muhammad sallallahu understood it. Right? So get, please understand this. Get your mind around this. Because we have far too many people in the world today who, who uh, read translations or who know some you know, rudimentary Arabic, uh, and then they, they say all kinds of stuff. No, please. So the first requirement is understanding. Now, with the Sahaba, understanding was there already, right? It came in their language. So Allah said, recite the kitab to them, recite the kitab, alhamdulillah. And then what? Yuzakim, purify them. Why? What is this purification? Why is it required? I'm telling you something. You understand that. What's the purification? Think about that. I'm not going to talk about all this just now. We don't have the time, but I'm just putting some pointers in your mind. Third thing, you will kitab. Now hold on a minute. You just told me the kalam of Allah in my own language. So what is that to teach? What is that to teach? But obviously there is something to teach. Otherwise, why did Allah reveal the ayat? And then, wal hikmah and the wisdom of that. Now let me give you just a very short example of that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Aqimu salah. Aqimu salah tali dhikri. Establish the salah for my dhikr. For my remembrance. Right? So this is not rocket science. I, I translated it for you. That's enough. But imagine you are one of the Sahaba, you are sitting there and Rasulullah said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Aqimu salata li-dhikri. Allah said, establish salah for my dhikr. So you understood that, right? What's the next question? If you are listening to this, what is the next question? Ji? How? Precisely, How? Now, if you say, I don't need the Quran, I don't need the Rasul alayhi salam. I don't need the ahadith of Rasul All of this is, and again, it is a sign of enslaved people that they internalize the falsehoods that others manufacture to debase them. It's a sign of enslaved minds. You never question that. So one of the big canards, one of the big falsehoods that has been propagated by the Orientalists for centuries, there's nothing new. There's nothing new in all these centuries. Is what? That the ahadiths of Rasulullah that the, the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad are highly doubtful and they were, imagine, see the words, they were only collected 200 years after he passed away and nobody recorded them while he was alive. Now, just use a little bit, two grams of your brain. If nobody collected, if nobody recorded them, how could anybody collect them? Right? How is it possible? Nobody recorded it. And you said 200 years later, somebody collected. How? When nobody recorded how did anybody collect it? Even the 
liars don't say that Imam Bukhari lied and Imam Muslim lied and Imam Tirmidhi lied and they manufactured all. No, no, they don't say that. See, he only collected. My question is, if nobody recorded, how did Imam Bukhari get to, get to this hadith? From where? Obviously, at the time when Imam Bukhari was living, there was no Sahabi alive. So you cannot say that this hadith he heard from the Sahabi. You couldn't have heard it from Sahabi. The truth of the matter is that ahadis were written down. They were memorized, of course. That was the, that was the primary means of, of uh, preserving all knowledge. But they were written down and people like Abu Huraira had a whole, whole room filled with his books of notes of hadith. Yu'allimumul kitab. How? So Allah said, Akhimu salah. Sahaba said, How? Rasulullah said, Yuzakkihim. What is the first thing you need to know before you do salah? Wudu, tahara. Right? Yuzakkihim. Purify yourself. Go make wudu. If you need ghusl, make ghusl. What is the fard of ghusl? What is the fard of wudu? May Allah forgive me, and I'm not going to ask you now. But I can guarantee you that if I ask you to tell me the faraid, what are the fard, what is the compulsory parts of ghusl, I can guarantee you that there are many of you here who don't know that. You are in your teens, you are in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, you are the mothers and fathers of so many children and you don't know ghusl, which means that your whole life till now, there is no ritual purity in your life. So how are you praying? Your salah is invalid. If, you, if your ghusl is invalid, you never did ghusl. You know how long it takes to learn the faraid of ghusl? Three minutes. You don't have three minutes to invest in your own knowledge to learn the fard of ghusl so that you can salah will be valid. Imagine this is our state today. Yuzakkihim. Purify yourself. Ghusl if you need it. Wudu if you need it. Purify the heart. And this is an ongoing thing. And then, yu'allimumul kitab. Allah said, teach them. With salah, how is salah to be done? What is right? What is not right? What are the mistakes? If you make a mistake, what must you do? And so on and so on and so on. Well, hikmah, what is the wisdom behind it? What is the Allah's reward for it? What will happen if you do it? What will happen if you don't do it? And so on and so forth. Right? This is the ni'mah. This is the blessing that Rasulullah came with, and this is the blessing that Rasulullah is for us.